STEMQ New England Northwest brings together expertise in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics from across the region. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and here on the STEMQ podcast, you'll be hearing from leaders in industry, community, government, and universities about the groundbreaking innovations that are happening right here in regional New South Wales. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan country at the University of New England in Armadale. Welcome back to another episode of STEMQ. This episode, I'm chatting with the co-founder of Amelia, Kate Armstrong-Smith. Kate, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Hello, lovely to see you today. How are you going? Good, thank you. Now, Amelia, we could describe it generally as a digital storytelling tool, but I feel like that might need some explaining. You know, I like to think of myself as a bit of a storyteller with the work I do, but I had to admit my brain still goes straight to you know, nicely formatted Word documents and digital drawing programs, but I'm guessing that's not what Amelia is. So what is it? Um, Amelia is an operating system that uh, stores um, story as metadata. So what it, the way to explain that is when you go to write a story or a piece of text, you you, you might start with once upon a time and you write out a piece of, you know, a text um, onto uh, a Word document or you write it on a piece of paper. And uh, a word processor um, or the, the paper just records uh, once upon a time and that's it. And it just sits on the top of the page. Imagine if uh, the program that you were writing on actually understood um, once upon a time there lived a little red riding hood they understood that little red riding hood was once upon a time and if you added forest they understood that um, a little red riding hood was a part of a forest as well so in effect what Amelia does is that so when you write it's not just recording the symbols of the words it actually understands how they're all related together and when you can do that, you can start playing with story and text in a completely different way. And so we're building tools that creatives can use um, to convert stories from a book to a script uh, or from a script to a um, television series or even from a television series to a game. Because when you um, hyperlink all of the words in your story, you're actually then allowed to you're able to change it very quickly and mold and shape it in different ways. Okay, so essentially if you changed something about, say, the forest in your story, it would then change it throughout the entirety of your story as opposed to you having to find every mention of the forest and change it word for word? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So what a lot of people don't realise is that this explosion of amazing, you know, content that we now watch uh, from Netflix to, you know, watching Marvel games that are made in gaming engines to the metaverse, all um, all these amazing game gaming stories, you know, that you you can explore amazing worlds in games. All of this narrative and the story is still written on paper, and um, it takes quite a long time to think about how to order all the plots and events that happen in a story when um, you've got to hold all those connections in your head. Um, So you're absolutely right. We uh, connect, it connects all of those things. And so if you make a change in one aspect 
of the story, it will show you instantly in real time all the um, different, all the other aspects of the story that get affected by that decision. So, yeah, it's very helpful for really big stories and it's also um, great for, you know, just kind of putting a story together and uh, when you get stuck as well, like helping you see it differently and allowing you to play with it differently. So I feel like I'm still picturing this in two dimensions. You know, in my head, I want to liken it to a big mind map on a whiteboard or a, or a sort of a network with lots of different arrows. What does it actually look like though when you're using it? Well, um, we're about to release a writing tool and um, actually it looks like a piece of paper in um, we're trying to make it as much like a normal writing experience as possible. What happens though is it's more like um, a writing tool with like, I don't know if you've seen the matrix when you have all like the trickling of writing that changes and adapts, <laughs> that it's more like you just write and as you do, the text um, trickles around you and updates as it goes so you can um, you can see how your story is being affected by the additional pieces of information you're writing or characters and uh, events you're taking out. And um, so it's not like um, there is – we do have like a mind map view, like a universe view where you can really design all the relationships uh, but the, I guess the real feature of the writing tools that we're making is that you can then flip it to text and you can read what that means and you can change it in the text and then flip it back and see what that's done to your different visualizations of the story. Um, so at the moment we're playing with lots of different ways to see your story that writers and creatives love to use. Um, and then we're putting those interfaces on top of our engine. So it's really it's a really fun time at the moment. <laughs> and does this engine have a, an aspect of, I guess, artificial intelligence to it to be able to understand what all the different things in the story are and how one things affect other things? That's an amazing and wonderful question uh, because we uh, we play with all the open source um, AI text generation around at the moment. It's just it. We are actually a little bit different from. Uh, traditional deep learning or NLP uh, AI. And the way we're different is that um, if, if AI, the mission of AI and um, the programs of AI is to try and mimic a rational human brain, um, and this is kind of a very, a definition you can, you know, you can look up what is the definition of AI. If that's kind of the mission and definition of AI, then you'd say the definition of real-time story modeling or the kind of engine and technology that we've built, you could more like class it as cultural AI because we're not trying to replicate um, uh, a brain that's trying to talk. What we've done is applied systems theory and measured the relationships between objects and entities so we have um, created algorithms and models that understand uh, what happens um, if you set different relationships between things. So I think we're like we're like that goals and events layer to language and to meaning. So what, coming back to your question, it's like, do we have AI in it? Well, 
we have to get books into our mod. You know, we we are, we're ingesting any kind of script that you want, and then we can play and model it. And what we're finding is open source or AI text generation is really actually good at pulling up all the words and giving it to our engine. So at the moment, we're having a lot of fun looking at how uh, GPT-3 and open source uh, text generation can support us in talking to Amelia. And then on the other side is helping us um, write extra words if the writer wants um, so yes, we we we're really curious about how that works, but we ourselves are not traditional NLP based um, intelligent text generation. Uh, we're more, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it. What you said just kind of flipped the way I was thinking about it. I was almost thinking you go into it to build the world, but it's almost the other way around. You you write the story, and the program is building the world around it almost. That's right. And it's locking in. We don't, um, the difference between AI text generation is if you, you say to, um, like I love Jasper, for example, which is, um, a very fast growing content and writing platform, AI platform, where you write, um, you might say, write me a story about Little Red Riding Hood. And it will go, <laughs> and off it goes, right? And it'll start generating it. Whereas Amelia, the difference, um, with Amelia is Amelia said, will say, oh, I noticed that you've got a little red riding hood and you've got a wolf and you've got a, um, a grandma. How would you like, what would you like the connections to be? What would you like them to, what relationships would you like? And it's actually asking, um, the user to put together the world and build it. And then it says, well, if you've chosen that, here's all the different story variations that you have put together that will happen as a result. So, yes, the, the user is the story builder and the, it will only generate a story with the elements that you have put in it. So, yeah, it's slightly different um, and it is flipping it on the head, as you said. Yeah, and I can see how this would be really helpful for the kind of stories that we're all consuming now. I'm thinking these very large interconnected Star Wars universes and Marvel universes where we have all these multiple interwoven storylines and almost worlds within worlds. And is there interest in this type of tool from those sort of storytellers? Yes, absolutely. And um, I can use an, another story uh, an example um, of a, a sibling story to Marvel, which is uh, Star Wars, uh, the way in which uh, Amelia would help and work with uh, a big story world like Star Wars is um, helping them hold and contain all of the story elements in one place. Um, again, people may not realise that all of the information about all the Star Wars films, so princess Leia and who she's connected to and how she feels about them and what she's wearing for example just one character you know and there's hundreds that's all stored on uh that paper I've been talking about like on an excel spreadsheet or in a word document or in a database and all the relationships are not stored so how Amelia would help something like Marvel or Star Wars is the first thing is that you'd put the entire world into Amelia and all the relationships. 
And so when you go to make your next piece of content, you're like, okay, I think it's time to make a, a show about Chewbacca. You would pull out Chewbacca and say, okay, Chewbacca, let's send you off on this journey. What are all the options and relationships that we have on option there? And Amelia would very quickly model out all the options for that particular story because it had all this amazing wealth of um, locations and characters and, but most importantly, the relationships between the characters. So that's an example of how we would use it in really big story worlds. And the other thing is you go, well, do we want to make a game out of Chewbacca or do we want to make a TV series or do we want to make a movie? Well, Amelia doesn't mind. So you just set the settings and it will reformat your story to fit um, the time signature and the, you know, uh, first person as well. Like in a game, it will be, be from a first person's point of view. You know, you might be Chewbacca. So it understands how to shift and adapt for those elements. Yeah. I guess when we're talking about these non-linear sort of multi-dimensional ways of creating stories we're still talking about how they're used in still traditional linear ways of telling stories does this stuff have the potential to change the way stories and and things are actually consumed uh yeah absolutely and so um the reason we 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 were set a challenge by the industry or we we identified a problem we uh we, we come from an entertainment background and one of the things uh, that couldn't happen before Amelia and real-time story modeling happened was that you couldn't just generate a story in real time. You couldn't, a story couldn't just happen and um, theoretically tell a game uh, to, you know, generate new story and tell the characters to move differently and behave differently. Um, and so that was the challenge we really set off to do. How do we create an engine that can model story not just quickly but instantly so that um, if you plug it into a game, the game can generate story and the characters can move around um, in that way. And so um, so that's what we've done and that's what we're working on and what we're releasing. And, um, yeah, absolutely, with the metaverse coming, um, there's a whole other opportunity for real-time characters like you know I don't know if you've got kids who play Roblox or Minecraft where you've got some players that are generated by the game and you've got some players you know you're playing as well and um, from Amelia's point of view uh, it loves that because it's like oh there's it doesn't matter whether you're already preset someone else has designed the characters or you're a new character coming in with your own goals and your own motivations Amelia loves it all and will come up with a story in real time that involves all of those elements. So, yes, we're actually uh, looking at uh, how to create real-time gaming and we've got lots of uh, prototypes kind of in the pipeline. Uh, but first we want to give you a tool that you can actually know, learn how to model your stories first so you can actually create those games in the future. So from our point of view, um, that's very possible. So it feels like this is the kind of thing that people are going to need to have a play around with to fully understand how it all works. Where is Amelia at? Is it still being developed? Are we beta testing it? Is it usable? Where are we at? Uh, We are currently beta testing and we're about to launch our first writing app next month. 
And um, yes, you're absolutely right. This is not like a normal kind of tech release where you have, you know, a few features and an idea and you test it with the market. Um, we're kind of we've applied systems theory to story writing and it's in a it's a hundred year old tradition that really hasn't changed much so um it's it's very delicate and uh gentle <laughs> in its um introduction and there are insights or things that we understand about story that are really not common knowledge so that we have to kind of build into this app as well so we have to make it really easy to use um, as simple as possible, um, while also, you know, telling people who are just starting to write, for example, that actually you need to think a lot more about the goals of all the characters than you might have before. Or and actually you need to set entire story character worlds for all of your characters when you might have thought it was just about the hero um, in, in the story. Uh, and then on the other hand, we've got these amazing, really experienced writers who have their own systems and their own methodologies. So um, we're launching a writer's app and we're testing. We have amazing industry partners, some fantastic producers and writers uh, in Australia and in Los Angeles. And, um, yeah, so we will be rolling that out from November and in the meantime, we have um, we we work on films and televisions, and we build bespoke models for them as well. So we're very we're pretty busy. <laughs> and of course, another big thing that's happening with Amelia that's a little bit surprising is that you're taking it to regional Australia, specifically here where we are in Armadale. What's inspired this? Well, um, we were before COVID hit, as you can appreciate. Um, you know, COVID shut down all borders and it shut down most of the entertainment industry. So before COVID happened, we were working in Los Angeles and we were building over there. And um, so that that stopped abruptly when uh, and when the world changed. And we uh, actually actually accidentally got locked down. <laughs> In when one of the lockdowns happened, we were on our way um, up the coast and got locked down uh, in Gyra, just outside of Armadale. And it didn't look like it was going to open up um, anytime soon. And so we thought, well, is there any reason why we can't base ourselves out of Armadale, who we thought had a fantastic little kind of um, tech ecosystem um, between us and some of the climate and agri-tech here, we could say climate and culture is a focus of uh, <laughs> the Armadale tech scene um, and we, we love to nickname it Silicon Dale uh, and <laughs> we thought, you know, why, why don't we stay here? And um, the government was very supportive of that as well and uh, encouraged us to stay. And so, uh, yeah, we've been uh just because i guess lifestyle and also it's just as easy to now go overseas and um with our staff we've got staff in brisbane armadale sydney and melbourne um the it's it's kind of easy to move around so yeah we really appreciate being in uh, silicon dale <laughs> 
And so what's here in Armadale? Have you uh, workspaces? Are there local staff members? What's happening? Yep. So we're, um, we're employing locally. Uh, we're, we're employing regionally. So half of our team live regionally uh, to cities. Uh, I mentioned, you know, we have Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, but a lot of, you know, m- components of that are actually in regional areas as well around those cities. Um, of our developers and, uh, and we're very keen to support small tech ecosystems. So we have offices at Nova, the accelerator. Um, we are looking to help bring, uh, cultural events here that we support because we believe in cultural economies because that's our, um, that's the industry that is um, helping us to grow, you know, uh, that we're um, growing within. And so, yeah, we really like being active members of both the tech community here uh, and and the cultural community. So we're looking at opportunities to do that and go from there. So, yeah, we're a regional, we're a regional tech company <laughs> in story. Yeah, you're right. Armadale is this weird sort of science art uh, a mashup that you don't really expect until you get here and you see all the, the different things that are going on. I mean, are there opportunities then for a collaboration with you know the, the writers groups and theatre groups and musical groups and all the, those different things going on in the region? Yeah, absolutely. I my My vision is that if anyone wants it, um, anyone in Armadale gets <laughs> free app, free Amelia <laughs> app to do their work if that, if that helps them. And, um, yeah, I think coming from cult, you know, I was saying to you earlier before the podcast where, you know, where these weird mix, we're all kind of got some these science backgrounds, but then ended up in entertainment. So my co-founder has a electrical engineering background, um, and worked on one of the first VR cameras but it's also a very well-known, well, was an established, studied at NIDA, worked as a director, as a writer, um, worked at Sydney Theatre Company in Belvoir and so, um, you know, has a very strong theatre background and with parents in the theatre performing arts as well. Um, And I myself am a a theatre festival um, film producer uh, with a background or degree in biochemistry. Um, a medical science so um, and that's just us two that's and then our team have very similar kind of slashy uh, passions and yeah I think so we really uh, value culture and we think it's and we see how important it is to have you know thriving cultures great theater communities great writing communities we understand what it's like to be a writer to um, what you need, what resources you need to create and form groups and put your own theatre on, put your own film, make your own films, um, you know, start bands. So, yeah, we we think about all that when we're making products and how can we help people do that and how can our tools make people create better um, and easier, um, have easier experiences creating and collaborating with each other. I have to ask, how does one go from biochemistry into theatre? What was the the career path you went on there? 
Uh, I always, I wanted to be a doctor and I wanted to be a theatre director, I think. So I never reconciled that. And I, um, and I think serendipity uh, entailed from there. I, I actually started my, my work experience was with one of the most famous directors in the world called Peter Brook in Paris. <laughs> I accidentally got an internship with him. Uh, when I was 18, and I thought my world was set. Um, if you had told me as an 18-year-old working in a 300-year-old theatre, uh, and I was very happy with that and I thought that was going to be my future, if you told me that I'd be actually building tech story technology for the metaverse <laughs> uh, in my later um, life, uh, I wouldn't even understand what you you meant. Um but, you know, it's because of the, the world's changed a lot um, since we had, you know, we stuck video cassettes into to, to watch, you know, uh, v, into, you know, VHS players to watch TV or go to the theatre. Um, you know, there's, it, it's a completely different entertainment environment now. So, yeah, it's really actually great. Thank God I had this other, you know, I studied medicine and you know science and um and that I kept getting and I happened to be very good at producing and I just kept getting lots of work in in the arts um and I could never get back to my uh science uh degree and I'm really happy about that because now that means I can use um all of those scientific foundations for creating technology for cultural um you know for culture and enhancing culture in this very um, artificially intelligent metaverse-driven world. This is definitely something I noticed too working a lot in the sciences is that there are so many uh, uh, weekend artists and creatives, every you know, scientist you know then goes home to work on their novel or uh, go off and have practice with a band and it's the same thing you see in the arts that the fascination goes goes both ways why do you think this is what is it about art and science that just intertwine so easily well i think they're very they both have creative modalities at their heart um you know the motto of our tools is we build tools that creative love to love to use and we believe everyone's creative um that the very, I guess, humans are curious um, creatures. They, the process or the process of science is, you know, wish, wonder and surprise. I wonder why that's happening. I wish it could be different. I wonder if we did something different. Let's test it. Let's reflect on it. Let's, you know, hypothesize about it. And um, I think it's a very similar foundation in creativity. You know, what if we could create an experience, uh, you know, it's a different outcome, but it's a really a very similar, I think, process um, that you, um, you go along with. Um, making something, testing something, wondering about the nature of things. And so that, that would be my experience that um, I have got to use the height of my creativity in both science and, um, and the arts. I'm most creatively engaged 
when I've worked in laboratories and when I've worked in theatres devising and creating work or making a film or developing a script. And it's also very collaborative. You work in teams a lot. I know, um, you know, there's kind of work. You go away and you write your script, you know, or you go away and um, you do your tests and create your methodologies. You work alone. But there's also so many, much opportunity to collaborate as teams and, you know, um, scientific papers would suggest that and also, you know, the credits on on a theatre show or at the end of a movie. There's a, It's a very um, a teamwork-based thing. So I, I guess they're my reflections being both having worked both in scientific fields and in the creative fields. Um, what would you say, um, how does that relate with your experience? I've I've always summed it up as uh, science and art. It's almost like they they tickle the same reward centers of your brain. You know that moment that you create something that didn't exist before is a very very similar feeling and motivation to bringing a piece of knowledge to light that nobody else knew before. It's it's almost this sort of godlike power you have to just use your own wits and your two hands to bring things into existence oh i like that i think yeah you're right (laughs) that's absolutely right yeah it's about both of trying to bring something new into existence Mm. and it's just sort of occurring to me as we're chatting here we've been talking about this in terms of creative storytelling but of course there's so many other fields in which this sort of uh ideas management could be used right even just doing research and, and putting together non-fictional stories, thinking about it as a you know, sort of cause and effect network is going to be a lot more useful than you know, the same thing everyone's doing, keeping a Word document of all their, their dot points from reading papers, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, it, that makes sense. Um, we, we are, you know, entertainment fellows, so we, we wanted to solve problems in that field first. Um, and the engine is, you know, way more generic than that. So, um, absolutely. And it's kind of funny. It does feel like I'm back in a biochemistry, you know, sitting with biochemistry problems of like, well, what if we mix this with this? And what if we (laughs) kind of put this and this together? And, um, you know, what if we, you know, manage stories in this format and this template and we, work with the verbs and the nouns in this way and um, what is actually a goal? Like what is a goal in relation to a verb and what is drama? And, you know, is it the, you know, what's emotion? Is motion just a verbs in relation to each other? Um, Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot more, there's a lot of pedagogy behind this and a lot of kind of, you know, uh, we think of the world in a very linear fashion at the moment, ideologically. Um, you know, the hero's journey is a very popular framework for us at the moment, um, which is supported by platforms like Instagram and Facebook, where it's all about you are the centre of your story, connect and upload your content and, you know, narrate something, you know, in our format, but, you know, be an influencer and talk like this and say this and talk about these stories. But, you know, in effect, we've applied systems theory to story and it it is a truer reflection of actually how we connect and communicate. 
um, and it's um, and how our bi- biological systems, um, you know, in you uh, use language um, to create interconnection, and uh, and so if you have systems that mimic our interconnectedness, um, how does that change the way we perceive ourselves? We are way more in a system narratively than um, we are the heroes, just these linear heroes. So, yeah, I might have gone off on a tangent a bit, um, but I think, yeah, it's <laughs> it. I think that this this entire field makes us have a lot of conversations in a lot of different areas, and we're very interested in looking at many different data clusters um, to narrate, <laughs> not just films and television. So for every citizen in Silicondale that's now eager to get their free copy of this app that you've <laughs> offered, how do, how do they keep up to date with what's happening? Uh, at the moment, uh, if you go to Amelia, O-M-E-L-I-A dot com, Amelia means to narrate in ancient Greek. Um, if you go to Amelia.com and sign up uh, next month, if you just send an email saying, oh, I'm in Armadale, <laughs> <laughs> we might see an influx of thousands of people um, curiously living in uh, Armadale, but joyfully we would love to um, give you the opportunity of using our tool in the hope that it would help your creative um, process um, and help you collaborate with other creatives. And you said that there's going to be an app coming hopefully next month. Is this the kind of thing we'll see on app stores or downloadable from a website or something? Uh, yes, probably not next month. We're going to – we already have so many people in the industry um, who uh, have their stories waiting. We're going to uh, connect with the hundreds of amazing writers and creatives that we already know. And we're going to give them the opportunity to have a go first. And then if they're happy with that, we'll uh, give uh, the wider community from there. So it's very exciting if you're in Armadale you, and you want to test it out. We will definitely let you be a part of the first group. All right. Sign me up. Kate, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, thanks so much, James. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks for joining me here on the STEMQ podcast. Stay tuned to hear more stories as we work to empower STEM innovation through the STEMQ precinct.